Hey everyone, Francesca here, out on maternity leave. What you're about to hear is a bonus episode from the archives originally recorded for the Frantifa, the Bituation Room's awesome patrons. They get new bonus content every week. And if you're thinking, hey, that's cool she's releasing stuff while she's out, and damn, that's a good story, and I should join the Patreon and support a new mom who's going to raise her kid to beat the crap out of Mitch McConnell as a 15-year-old so she can't face any hard time, then do it. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash room. You get perks like shout-outs, 20% off all merch, special access to AMAs, and a special edition of the weekly roundup from me while I am away. And if you can't do that right now, I get it. Just make sure to leave this podcast five stars on iTunes. Thank you so much, and enjoy. One of my favorite clips of the week, um, again, it, this is not from AFPAC, uh, which I want to say as the Aflac duck, because it makes it less scary and sad. Um, but this is from CPAC, which was mm-hmm. supposed to be like the not knockoff, like the the OG, the one that's like, we don't say the quiet part out loud. <laughs> um, the, the big, t- the all-star game for all the conservatives that happens every year. Yes, and this year in Orlando, Florida, um, it seems like they have more than once a year. Is that just well? They have like they have spinoffs, but like this is the main one. Oh. Like I think, I think this is like the the main one that happened. I think so. That's how Maybe. I always feel. I feel like every other day I'm like, oh, I'm fucking another CPAC. But yeah, I think it might be like, yeah, CPAC Texas or CPAC blah. But just so you guys know, Trump still the favorite candidate for CPAC. Fifty nine percent want him as a candidate. DeSantis polling at 28. That's pretty uh, good. That's actually not bad for DeSantis, to be honest. Uh, oh, yeah. Better he's look out. He's got to get his sleaze factor up. He's got to get And then you know what? Up. You know who's, you know, you mentioned this in the actual show. Uh, the reason why Abbott, if you look at it, Texas and Florida, whatever Texas does, Florida ups it. Because Abbott <laughs> and DeSantis are, are trying to, to get that, that 2024 mm-hmm. gig. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they're like planting like me too stories about themselves to come out and be like see yeah i am a piece of shit like they really want that i grabbed her by the ass yeah well <laughs> 20 years ago a guy like DeSantis would have been out of here after he yelled yeah where's the where's the disease it hasn't arrived remember that was beforehand he was saying there's only three cases no, that's no. what's frightening and fifty-eight thousand people died under DeSantis's watch during delta fucking and- that's how you know that the Republican Party is a cult. Because, like, that's cult behavior. It's a death cult. But specifically, that's the behavior of a cult. You're presented with new information. Your guru lied to you. And you're like, no, no, no. That was just part of the guru's ultimate that's right. plan. That's right. And, and now Steve, we're all you know, going to. Yeah. Stephen Hassan. I don't know if you've had him on the show. He's an interesting. Guy. Stephen Hassan wrote a book about the cult of Trump. He's like, he used to be a former cult member. And, like, he spent his life deprogramming people. And he, like, you know, sober guy. But yeah. he wrote, it's it's a cult. He said it's a very cultish behavior. The right wing has become, I call it a radicalized, weaponized, pro-death cult. Indeed. And, um, but QAnon's one... real though, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Not everything is a conspiracy. Well, I mean, I mean, Andy, of course, is uh, Satan and the leader of the globalists. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I thought that was just sarcastic. Oh, they oh, mean no, no, that. No. Okay. <laughs> You better get on it. You've got a lot of work to do tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but one of those aspirational sort of little fuckwits um, in the Republican orbit is uh, Charlie Kirk, mm. uh, whatever, Turning Point USA um, darling or head of, I guess, also got also questionable funding from mm. Turning Point. Mm. Um he was at CPAC and he's having a conversation and I'm sorry I don't know this woman's name. I apologize because like I kind of actually like her. Um but he's having this conversation about why um we need to do things like make housing more affordable because unaffordable housing right now is turning people. It's making people a certain way. It's turning them on to certain ideologies. Let's take a look at this. Right. And so, Horrible. but what this does, and you're a conservative, so you're not going to become a left winger, but I want you Never. to, I want you to imagine though, if you weren't as informed as you, and you see your rent go up $800 a month or whatever, which is happening in Phoenix, yeah. you can't buy a home. You become a socialist really quickly. I would. And I'm trying to warn conservative old, older people, you don't understand how it, expensive and how hard it is for a young person to just survive right now it seems impossible and even when I, if i think i'm making money at some i'm like oh this is nice like this is a lot of money it is gone so mm -hmm. fast because of the rising inflation food travel all of it i'd like to think maybe i wouldn't be a socialist but also i mean i think it also gives us hope so what i'm noticing with some of my liberal friends and maybe you've seen it as well but people are starting to wake up and look at what policies they've put into place yes. with the Biden administration. And that's kind of waking. No, totally. I, I completely agree. I just think there's an even bigger opportunity, though, to say to the young person that's paying too much rent and is not having kids because it's too expensive. We're the party that's going to make it easier to do those things. Yeah. So there, there is no conservative out there that can say America looks worse when more young people own property, get married and have kids. America becomes more conservative when that happens. Yeah. But instead, we're, we're creating a generation of renters. It is the least property-owning generation in history, the least married generation uh, in history, and the least children in history, right? Yep, that's me. Well, but I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, just kidding. Like, I, but, make, uh, but, I make jokes. Yeah, no, it's okay. I'm just saying, though, that But you're, you're part of a society that was designed that makes it hard yeah. for those things. No, absolutely. It's difficult. And, and we, need, we need a national recovery program to make it easier. I think so. I think it's a great idea. And uh, what you're doing is huge too. I've some of your staff at Turning Point. I've been able to watch them move to Arizona and work for you for a little bit, buy a house or buy some yes. property. And I love to watch girls my age. They're just absolutely flourishing, yes. and it's because of. Some oh, I don't know. It, this gets gross. This gets girls my age flourishing after they work for you. I don't like that. But I, I love this duo. Like I want to see this duo all the time because she's just this card to. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I would never be a socialist. Yeah, I might be a socialist. I think I'd like to think I wouldn't. Mm, it is hard. <laughs> I thought you really liked her. Like, I, I know. I like her. I like her because she's such a like wonderful little idiot. Like she's there's such a naivete a, like, there. There's a there's a yes. simplicity and a sweetness also and a naivete there. And then he's just he's just a moron, right? And, and a right wing ideologue. And he's so close to like it's like you know when you almost have enough extension cords and you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> Like if I, maybe the Republicans just, could have social programs or they could introduce some social programs. Yeah. You know, maybe Pay if there was a rescue leave. plan or some kind of, yeah. I don't know, credit. American family rescue plan right. we could pass. Well, would, you don't have to call them social programs, maybe. Don't call them. No. Can I tell you the difference between... Call them personal property defense programs. <laughs> <laughs> the... And just do literally everything the Biden administration is doing. I'm sorry, you guys. This is just too perfect. He's too much of a fucking moron. But you know what the scary part is? And but this is like this is what this that sad part is. If 
the Republicans, the Republicans are so extreme. And that's just not me saying that, you know, when they did a, a VDEM study uh, a couple of years ago that came out and measured all the right wing movements, the Republican far party is one of the far right movements in the world, further right than the National Front in France oh, and then Jesus. Vox in Spain. Oh, yeah, I it's amazing. And so with Hungary, what they do is they're not stupid, right? Orban says, I'll give you religious ethno-nationalism, but I'll give you some security. I'll give you right. some money. I'll give you out. The government will help you here. Here's some health care. Here's right. education. Republicans are so selfish and so self-destructive. They're like what they would do if I was a Republican. I hate giving them free advice. I would run on the religious ethno-nationalism. And then as soon as I get in power, paid parental leave. I gave you something that Democrats did. Right. No, Let me subsidize child care. Yes. Dude, you would win. You would like just the tables will turn like it's over. But they're so <laughs> selfish. They're so Ayn Randian yep. in their self, in their in their in their um, hideousness that they won't do that ever. Yeah. Like and as if they can turn poor people into fuel yet. I mean, they're working on it, but they can't. They haven't been able yet. to. So what the fuck is the point? It's interesting you say that, though, in terms of that's a good strategy, because when you see someone like Charlie Kirk saying this, it it does kind of gut you when it comes to clearly re Democrats haven't actually taken up a real populist mantle. There are the programs, they do exist, but it's not, I mean, I'm not saying we'd ever reach Charlie Kirk, but it's very upsetting that it's like, there is this fake populist space that right-wingers have been able mm. to successfully move into. And that, you know, you even have people like, why don't the populace just align the far right and the far left? And leftists say this. Shit leftists say this mm, all the time. Sure. Oh, we can ally with the far right just on, you know, a bread and butters issue. Fuck that. No. Isn't that crystal ball? Is that the whole crystal ball shit? It, she does do that quite a lot. That is a lot, her lot of times shit. I've seen they're also very white. The white leftists say that <laughs> because the Jews and Francesca and Wajats, don't really, <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't really survive in that equation. No, it, it's true. And and yes, they're not all, you know, there are some token POC that whose politics I really hate. But I do. It's just those kinds of moments where they're like, see, all you have to do is appeal to them. Well, them is hella racist. You have to actually fight against fascism while also yeah, right. um, building an alternative and, and showing folks. I mean, in terms of healthcare, look at it. It's just ripe for the plucking. And the fact that we don't see moves from this administration to even go for like after coming out of a pandemic some single payer options, you know, it's just dead in the water. You know, people get reamed over Medicare for all as if that's so extreme and it's, it pulls so well. It's the yeah. one thing people truly is bankrupting folks. No, but it's also, if you look at it, it's, it's a problem with America is that whiteness, I would say, are catering to whiteness and, and to wealth, the corporations, the policies, the lobbyists, people forget that oftentimes Democrats are just as susceptible to it. And the problem is the Democrats are having this type of reawakening. Uh, same thing with the right wing. The right wing is coalescing around like the, the hard right. We don't care if they're Nazis or white supremacists. And you right. see the splintering of the Democratic Party where you have that report that came out last week. I don't know if you covered it on your show, which pretty much is like we have to be Republican light to win over Chad mm -hmm. and Chet and Stacey who haven't gone through for us for like 50 years. Throw the darkies under the bus. That's pretty much it, right? Whenever we're talking about wokeness, they're talking about people yes. of color, right? And then somehow people of color then then will be blamed for not coming out in full force to 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 vote for the party that abandons them, right? Instead Every of, time. In, Young people yeah. and people of color. Oh, well, I guess they just stayed at home. Fucking give well, people a reason. Where's BBB? And those the progressives who knew. That's why I kept telling people, you always, 
Democrats use the weaponized language of the right against their own base. It's like stunning. Yes. James Carville blamed wokeness and the squad for I the loss of Harry McCullough I, you know, I in just... Virginia. It's remarkable. <laughs> It's and remarkable. he lost his appetite. Would you kids turn down your protesting? Your protesting is too loud. He's like an old, horrible man who's upset. It's like yeah. I got so mad when they said people have the right to say defund the police. I mean, this whole myth that you're going to go to everybody's house, like Bill Maher, we're Democrats, we're not a monolith. So yeah. I never got upset by it because it's. I want to defund the police or defund the police state, but when they go and spend so much time, this is going to lose the election for us. Oh, it's just hard. When it actually, in fact, I've to cover this, did the opposite. Like the movements and the the energy out of the 2020 uprising, if anything, did channel into Biden's victory. Okay. Unprecedented victory. 81 insane million. Insane turnout, right? And we're still getting reamed for it? The progressives are? Fuck you. Joe Manchin. That, that's the thing. It's Manchin and Cinema. And you look at Manchin Cinema, what do they represent? Whiteness, wealth, and the entire country, including the Democratic establishment, being hijacked by white anxiety and white rage. That's the problem. Always has. But also yes. mainstream media is so terrible. I mean, I used to Correct. CNN, MSN. CNN would just read whatever... A fiction that the they said Hillary Clinton did. They would just read it like it was news. I mean, yeah. the mainstream media, because they're so invested in the both sides, they want it for their ratings. And the horse race, the same, but... way too focused on the horse race rather than what this actually means for people. And so, yeah, we don't hear, like Charlie Kirk is talking about how it is hard to own a home. And it's yeah. funny because <laughs> he's right. The fact that shit is so inaccessible to millennials and younger folks right now is making people not socialists, but turn to more socialist policies. Things like, yeah, reigning in the financial sector when it comes to housing, you know, having some sort of rent control, having some sort of social safety net, social welfare system, right? Like call it fucking socialism or not, which, and again, his party has been doing this forever. Every time you have what social security rolls out it's socialism hmm. now if you talk about fucking getting rid of social security you're dead in the water There's well which no is what the 11 point plan by rick scott that was treated like a fart in the wind because it it basically said get rid of social security and oh income taxes on the middle class and republicans are mitch mcconnell's like yeah anyway moving on uh look at, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, ignore that uh ignore that no attention to the man behind the curtain yeah exactly you can't talk about getting rid of all the programs that democrats I don't mean to be super partisan here. Democrats, when they were better, have pushed for yeah, and have and saved possible. people's lives. Because, Waj, you said it, I just got it before we leave. Let's watch this one video from Florida. We're in a Starbucks. Who should walk in but former governor Rick Scott? And uh, a woman is there, probably working, probably working a couple jobs, writing for, I don't know, whatever she's doing, studying. And she gives him a piece of her mind, specifically when it comes to health care. Take a look. In fact, you cut Medicaid so I couldn't get Obamacare. You're an asshole. You don't care about working people. I'm not talking to you. You don't care about working people. You should be ashamed to show your face around here. A million jobs? Great. Who here has a great job? Or is looking forward to finishing school? You really feel like you have a job coming up? You stripped women of access to public health care. Shame on you, Rick Scott. We depend on those services. Rich people like you don't know what to do. When poor people like us need health services, you cut them. Shame on you, Rick Scott. You're an embarrassment. 
sweet. <laughs> I love that. Oh, oh that, that was, was awesome. so good. I haven't oh. seen that clip. I love the guy at the end. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, the dude filming. So the person filming for those listening uh, uh, is just says sweet. But that was the best. So succinct. So amazing. You're rich. You don't care about all these services you cut. Once again, I don't know, 14 states haven't yet expanded Medicaid, which they can and have 90% of it paid for under Obamacare right. currently. And they're fucking withholding from millions of poor people or people who can't Agreed. honestly pay a fuck ton that healthcare costs. I buy on the marketplace. It is ugly. Um, I get it from my wife. You know, my wife's I, my wife's a doctor. So from if, if it wasn't for my wife, I'd be like you. I'd have to just buy it on the marketplace. Do you guys want God. a third? We have three kids. Oh, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Oh, <laughs> well, you could have got me. I was just saying we could be a thruple. Oh, you could be the fourth. <laughs> Andy's witnessing. <laughs> I'm saying, do you want a third? Like we could oh, be a thruple. I could marry that, into that it. That shows you how lame I am. That shows you how old and lame I am. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's talking about children. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> I'll go talk to my. Uh. You know, the funny thing is, I'm so old. Like when people say, like people say, oh, were you ever interested in threesomes? And I was just like, I just, I just get confused. There'd be too many parts. <laughs> well, um, speaking you of your kids, stretch and have I know you, you, you have to go actually tuck them in. Say nothing more of this uh, thruple uh, suggestion. And Andy Candler, Wajahat Ali, thank you guys so much. Once again, that was fun. Thank you. Thank you Thanks so much. And us. isn't Francesca a great host? We were. That's all. She's unbelievable. We before so before before we started this extra bonus for you patrons. Uh, we were talking about OCD and how Francesca is very good and how hard it is to do this as well as she does people don't know unless they've Cute done it. music Absolutely. um thank you so much i wanted to bring your attention to this story uh that my producer Paige and i were talking about um which is a story it's kind of a set em up knock em down story of how the right baits democrats into bad faith discussions uh about policies that are actually good for Americans and are saving lives currently actively. Um, and one of those things is around harm reduction and harm reduction is, uh, basically it is an anti-drug policy that allows users and addicts to safely use, um, so that we don't have more overdoses. So people do not get hurt. So people are not in compromised positions um, so that they have a place to safely use and access uh, treatment if they choose to, um, but making sure that people don't have to use in the shadows. And this has been a well um, studied and well-worn territory for years and years and years and decades where harm reduction activists have made a lot of headway on that. And that's shown in some of the policies that even the Biden administration had been taking up until the crack pipe saga. So this week, lots of different uh, right wing outlets from Fox to Newsmax to places like the Washington Free Beacon um, came out with headlines like this. Biden administration to fund crack pipe distribution to advance racial equality. $30 million programs will provide smoking kits to vulnerable communities. There's been other headlines like, can you believe Biden's giving out crack pipes during Black History Month, which is perhaps 
the most racist and bad faith reading of harm reduction strategies. Well, is there any validity to this story? What the hell happened? Turns out there was money for safe smoking kits that was in, in uh, part of the package of the American Rescue, uh, American Families Plan, American Rescue Plan. Um, so this is from the Times. Safe smoking kits are listed as just one of the allowable purchases, but these grants, and this was part of um, a like I millions of dollars essentially provide for funding disease and drug testing kits, wound care supplies, condoms, syringes, and vaccines. In a fact sheet about the program, the department of health and human services said it did not expect grant recipients to purchase all the listed items. Um, so these are now, why would you give out pipes? Um, According to a harm reduction international organization, a London-based non-governmental group, such kits can contain rubber mouthpieces, brass screens, lip balm, disinfectant wipes, and glass stems, the quote-unquote crack pipes in question. The contents can vary based on the organization distributing the kit, as well as, this, as state and local laws on the distribution of drug paraphernalia. Um, it's not specific to crack cocaine. It can be given to users of meth and opioids. Essentially, it is anytime someone is using a broke, obviously a broken pipe, a dirty pipe, they are at risk for um, all kinds of things, disease, harm, et cetera. And in addition, and this is something that I didn't know about, when you offer people pipes to use their drugs, you actually prevent them from necessarily turning to other things like syringes, right? So... Um, this is all to say that, of course, the opioid epidemic is real. The drug addiction is real. But cutting off people's ability to smoke or to shoot up has never stopped people from smoking or shooting up. The drugs are there. They, they're not going to not do it. Right? It's It's... It only changes the precarity of how they do it. The same thing, harm reduction is essentially a similar approach, I think, to a progressive approach to sex work, right? Um, and the fact that, for example, places like um, OnlyFans, et cetera, those, make, those places make it easier and safer for sex workers to actually um, make money without having to be subjected to the streets. And uh, the same can be said for harm reduction, and the same can be said for... Do we do we want this industry to thrive? Do we think it's great that people have to do sex work or are forced into it? Do we think it's great that people, um, you know, might smoke meth? No. But it's going to happen. Right. So how do we treat that and how do we actually support people and 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 thereby get people into treatment? Um, this is from Adam Johnson. He actually uh, was on the show not so long ago, and he's basically essentially what has happened with there's been an entire dialogue and what happened was that Javier Becerra uh, the head of department of health and human services has essentially walked back the idea that there would even be these safe smoking kits involved in some of that that government money for harm reduction policies effectively potentially and it's not clear taking them out. As Jen Psaki said this week, there are no crack pipes, supposedly. There are no pipes. Javier Becerra doubles down on that. And I want to read you part of an article. Um, and this is embedded in an article that basically shows you the ramifications of a story like this, which is that now Marco Rubio and Joe fucking Manchin are trying to pass a new bill that's like the anti-pipes bill. 
They're calling it um, the Preventing Illicit Paraphernalia for Exchange Systems, or the Pipes Act, prevents the government from purchasing syringes and needles to be used for illegal drug injection. In effect, killing any federal funding for harm reduction uh, and, and the amount of headway and progress has been made on that. Um, now, the response from HHS, as I was saying, they released a statement saying that, quote, no federal funding will be used to directly or through subsequent reimbursement of grantees put pipes in safe smoking kits. But as Adam Johnson points out, that's what safe smoking kits are. They have pipes. And so he writes, the White House attempted to get out of this scandal by insisting that the kits they set aside funds for didn't explicitly involve pipes. But basically, nobody believes that. Pipes are almost always part of smoking kits, as many fact checkers have noted, and they are so for good reason. Glass pipes can crack and cut lips, which increases disease and transmission and infections. Additionally, smoking certain drugs is almost always preferable to needle consumption. Providing more drug tools increases over interactions with health workers. In other words, on substance, the policy virtually every public health expert agrees is totally standard and worth defending. But because the right went crazy with this, now suddenly Biden is scurrying from a policy that's actually pretty good. Um, and to show you how good it is and how utterly hypocritical the outrage has been over this, Tom Cotton single-handedly, uh, I don't know, the, the one of the dumber, one of the most sort of like, I don't know, he, he's no me gusta is what I'm trying to say. My brain is on fry right now. Tom Cotton, the dude who like penned a letter to the Ayatollah of Iran and was like, um, I don't know what Obama told you, but like, we don't want to do a nuclear deal with you. Signed, Tom Cotton. Rabbit print. Um, Tom Cotton tweeted, unfortunately, HHS is still proudly using your tax dollars to fund heroin syringes for drug addicts. Which is actually dope if they are, and they are. But ironically, just two days before tweeting that, he actually um, created a commission on combating synthetic opioid trafficking, and that involved um, syringe services. So on February 8th, the commission co-chaired by Tom Cotton issued a report that supports syringe services and more harm reduction. And yet, because the right grabbed a hold of this, who knows what's going to happen to that either? The same goes, I mean, this is what happens when we politicize fucking everything. Same goes for, like, drug prices. Republicans hate paying more for, for, for medicine. I'm not talking about, like, everyday people. I'm talking about politicians. They fucking hate it. This was part of the, the show that I did for MSNBC was talking to, you know, a Utah Republican who was like, yeah, our state employees, we have to pay so much for them to get their basic, you know, Humira or, you know, whatever insulin that it's cheaper for us to send them to Mexico, buy drugs there because they're cheaper and then fly them back here. So but then once it gets politicized, i.e. harm reduction is suddenly a Democratic plot to give you all crack pipes, then Republicans scurry away from it because they have no principles. But not only Republicans scurry away from it, Democrats are scurrying away from it. So here is an example of a good policy that has been politicized and now might be scrapped, which is incredibly sad because let's remember how fucking bad 
the overdose epidemic and drug deaths have been, especially in the pandemic. This is a chart between 2015 and 2021, and we are at now, last year, over 100,000 people overdosed on drugs. 100,000. Now, yes, 900,000 people died from a global pandemic, but my God, is the opioid crisis something that we all can get behind? Especially now that Trump's out of office and it doesn't have that weird tinge of uh, we care about white people dying as the opioid epidemic has disproportionately. Well, actually, I don't know if it's disproportionately, but it has actually impacted working class white people. Who knows? But it is a rough moment and it's not a moment to be baited into this bullshit. So, again, Max talked about, you know, Biden being afraid of not having enemies. And this is you have it. You can't be afraid of your own policy. If someone points out your policy, be like, hell yeah, we're giving people crack pipes. Yeah. And they're safely getting high. And guess what? They're not dying. If it's administrated, if we understand what's in it, I mean, right now you have a fentanyl epidemic. Fentanyl's getting laced up on everything. People are dying. And let us remember that if drugs were legal, if heroin, if cocaine... I mean, that shit is scary. Of course it's scary. These are big, these are heavy drugs. But they would be regulated. I don't believe in throwing them to the open market. I have a lot of thoughts on legalization of marijuana and how it was thrown to the open market. I do have, I, I much prefer a regulated system so people actually understand what they're putting in their body. Be quality controlled. 